You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I am your host, Angie, and I am glad to have in the studio with me today, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again. Hey again, Angie. So we have been doing this series on the outreach to the family. First, we asked the reason, why do we do the outreach? The next week we were covering, how do we outreach to children? I mean, those are some some hearts that are ready to learn and ready to open up to things of God that sometimes we have already closed ourselves off to, correct? Amen. And so now the tough one, I think it's the toughest one of all, Mark. How do we witness to those other family members not just our siblings, our parents, those extended relatives, the ones that, hmm, can sometimes be a little more challenging. <laughs> yeah, amen, right? And I think it really, first of all, Angie, that it takes spiritual eyes to see mm. them mm-hmm. for how God sees them to help us overcome, let's be honest, our fear, yeah. right? Our intimidation and our frustrations, <laughs> because it happens. Yeah. We get frustrated, right? And so what happens when any human gets frustrated? They just want to stop mm. or give up? Yes. I start talking really high pitch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I heard a pastor say, we need to not pray for more boldness. We need to pray for more love. Amen. I always pray this now. If I could just love the way you love, yeah. then I could be bold naturally because I'm going to love them the way you do. I was thinking about this today, Angie. But if I have all of these gifts, but I do not have love, Mm, I am nothing. Amen. So that needs to be our prayer. Right. Right. In all of this. And And not love the way we think love. Right. It's God's love. And so as I mentioned in the outset of this, it's having the eyes to see them through Christ's eyes, through the love of the Father's eyes. And then secondly, to be able to persevere and continue to love them, I need to have God's love working through me. Mm, amen. Because my love will run out, right? My phileo will run out, but his agape love will never run out. Right. So anyway, today I want to get into 1 Timothy 5.8. And if you're familiar with that passage of Scripture, you're going to go, wait a minute. But I want you to hear me out on this for a minute. It says this, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, this one's hard for me to understand based off the fact that he says, deny your mother and father and follow me. So how do we, you know, how are we going? Okay, Jesus said that, Paul's saying this. So tell me the bridge. Yeah, so we would understand, and, and it is absolutely true, that he's talking about providing financially for your family. Yes. But what I'm saying is, if you just step back for just a second and say, if you don't provide, right? Yeah, provide financially or whatever. But what else can you provide? What does God provide for us? When you talk about provision, or you think about provision, what does God provide for us? Does he provide for us financially? He does. But what other things does he provide for us? Well, I'm not really sure which way you're going. I I can think of when you're dealing with family members, patience and understanding and peace and harmony. Right, exactly. (laughs) Is that where you're going? (laughs) Well, I am. And thinking about this in the context of responsibility. And so what this is saying to me, Angie, is 
you have a responsibility, a primary responsibility to provide for your own. What is the best thing that you could provide for your family members? Oh, the gospel message exactly. and salvation. I mean, they're the only ones you can take to heaven with you, right? That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, in that viewpoint of provision, like the same thing we say about how can I best love on someone? Mm. A stranger, how can I best love them? Pray for them. Well, how can I best provide for my family? And he's saying here, here's the responsibility that you have. If you don't do this to your own household, you're worse than an unbeliever. Mm. And so I know this is talking about financially, but God doesn't just provide for us financially, and we're not needed to provide just financially for our family. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Yes. We got to put on those spiritual eyes to see all that's the principle, the parables that Jesus shared were principles, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So they were a specific story that people could relate to, to provide a spiritual truth. But the spiritual truth, as we learn, Angie, as we are Christians longer and longer, we realize how much we need to understand even more. I keep thinking in my brain when you're saying this, we need it's just like we're we're a complex person, body, mind, and spirit, and we need to provide for our family members in those same three veins. Right. Hmm. And so the principle of how important Paul's saying, how important that is to provide for the members of your household, because if, if it doesn't start there, right? He's yeah. saying make sure that you start there. Right. Right, in providing for that, or... You're worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. And I think that in society, we're taught the other way around. Right. That's exactly right. It's back to that, get your household in order. Yes, it is. And and, Yeah. Okay. I'm following you. Yeah. So now in tracking with that, why I want to look at these next two scriptures after this, because with that in mind, and you start to read into what Jesus was saying when he was talking about family members. And starting in verse 31, we begin to read, Then his brothers and his mother came, standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him. And they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered and said, Who is my mother or who is my brothers? And he looked around in a circle of those who were about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. So again, in the context of how we started off talking about this, Angie, of putting on the spiritual eyes. And so Jesus is kind of explaining new relationships. That's what he's doing here. He's explaining new relationships. So he's saying that more people are becoming his mother and his brothers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and because we're so used to the human family piece. Yeah. Because we just read in First Timothy that we're responsible for our family. Okay. But we're responsible for all of our brothers. Yeah. So you and I, brothers, and yes. brother and sister, and and yeah. So that makes more sense. And when people, you know, they call you. Sister Angie or Brother Mark. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's where that comes from. But my point in all this in in relation to the topic today is opening up our eyes and our hearts to see what God sees. So it's more than just looking at your uncle and saying, that's my uncle. It's more like saying, 
that is somebody who God considers one of his children, yes. i.e. your brother. That is a, your brother, spiritual brother. That's absolutely So really, right. you need to look at them with God's eyes. Yes. It's still a child. Yeah. And the other piece is we love our family members, okay, of our household. We love them. And I think Jesus is opening us up to and wanting our eyes to see that we should love everyone. Everyone, As yes. much as our family member. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not taking away from our immediate family members or our uncle's and all that, but I'm saying with spiritual eyes, mm. we need to see who God's giving us an opportunity to love with the gospel. Mm. I like that. I like that opportunity to love because if we could all think that way all the time, who do I have an opportunity to love? That's that would it. change things as well. It would. It's all in the perspective, right? Mm. Amen. And, and boy, do we need God's perspective. Mm -hmm. We need his eyes to see that. And so the third verse I want to conclude with today in this, Angie, is in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. And it, Jesus is saying here, he who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Now, seems like a complete contrast. The complete contrast looks like, well, wait a minute. Mm. We were just told to love our family, our brothers as it were, told to love them. And yet Jesus is saying, uh, no, you have to love me more than them. Well, See how contradictory that looks? It did a few minutes ago, but right. now you've changed my perspective on who's my brother and my sister. So now it does look differently because if we take it from Jesus' perspective, this sentence makes sense. Right. And he's saying this, if you love me, keep my commandments. What was one of the Ten Commandments? Love, love. your brother. <laughs> exactly. Right? Honor your father and mother. That is a commandment. So Jesus isn't doing away with that. He's saying, if you love me, you will. Hmm. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Angie? Yeah, it totally you takes honor. on a... It's funny how when we change our perspective, yeah. it's that paradigm shift, then we is. see things totally differently. Interesting. But it takes the spiritual eyes to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. Let's talk some reality because this is something I face because there are people in my family who just do not want to even talk to me about the Jesus stuff is what they call it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I don't mind. We all grew up Catholic. But something happened. I understand that something happened somewhere where they, in their minds, thought that God was going to do something and somehow he disappointed them. Mm. And I, I know this is the, in my family, this is what's happened because people don't come away from God unless they've been disappointed in an outcome and they blame God. Am I right? Yes. It's been, a, it's been something that's been severed where they no longer believe that God is good. Right. And so I think that when we talk to our families, when we're talking about our families, when we're witnessing to our families, we have to first and foremost understand the way they think. Yes. 
I think that is paradigm. I, I go back to my Franklin Covey days. Oh, of yeah. The seven habits of a highly effective person. And one of them was seek first to understand before being understood. understood. And so, and I've talked to you about this before. It's, it's about asking the questions. Well, what do you believe? Right. How do you believe? Why do you believe that? And you'll find that when people share with you, it takes an awful lot of faith to believe that way. And they don't even have a Bible to base it on, yes, right? Yes, amen. So then you can take them to the scripture that actually is the authority and say, well, this is what the Bible says. And right. you know, I believe that timing is everything. So let's talk about the perfect timing. Mm. When God opens a door, no man can shut it. Amen. Right? And if God closes the door, no man can open it. So do you think we ought to pursue or do you think we ought to just love until God opens the door? My answer, Angie, which is going to sound cliche to you today, is love, listen, discern, and respond. Love, listen, discern, and respond. I think that I've heard those four things together before. Right, right. <laughs> and be on alert. Be sober, be vigilant, be alert discern. that when God's opening the door and the opportunity for us, that we take it. And if we take it with love... It's everything. So here's what I thought of when you were sharing, Angie. I thought of a person that's sick. Let's say they have a horrible sore throat. They're really, really sick. And you know that they need some medicine, but they don't want to swallow that medicine. Why? Because their throat hurts. But if they don't, the medicine can't help them. You see yeah, what I'm saying? I Do you see, see that saying. analogy? Yes. And so if we look at our family members, our brothers and sisters, if we look at them with the eyes of love, we know that this pill might be hard to swallow, but we know that it's best for them to swallow it mm. to get better. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that when God is working in something like that, when God is moving and he's it's it's him that's setting it up and it's him the timing is perfect right and there's there's nothing you can say or do that's going to change what god's outcome is going to be exactly it is going to be what it is uh so i i still wait for mm. some family members to just be able to to share the gospel message and we've had conversations and conversations are just sowing seed my life is something that people watch as yeah. well and i think that's really important so I think that you can say a lot more with your actions than you can with your words sometimes. Right. And here's the hard part, Mark. When I go home, I don't know about you, but when I'm around my parents and my siblings, I'm the baby of the family. I revert to 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it's a little hard to be a good witness <laughs> and a good adult when I don't feel like an adult around my family members. Amen. Oh my gosh. Dynamics of families. So let's have some closing thoughts about why we should continue to minister to our family members and beyond. So conversation, Angie, back to the practical piece for just a second. The practical side of what this could look like in conversations, because, right, the gospel is purported through conversation. And so Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, he started the conversation. Mm, that's true. Think about that. So we are alert and we're looking for a door to open, but sometimes we can just start a conversation. Yeah. Jesus did it. He modeled that. Yep. And, and I, I believe he, he provides that for us all the time. All right. But he was led there. So, yeah. <laughs> right. He was still following the spirit and he was yes. led there to have that conversation. Amen. So well, this has been a really 
important conversation, how to just outreach to our family. It's got to start at home. We got to make sure that we understand it's, it's something that we need to take seriously. We need to go to our kids. We need to go to our extended family members. And we need to go to people that we consider family, even though they're not blood. Right. You know, it's close people in our circle of influence is what I always say. And we need to make sure that they understand God is love and he loves them. So important. So we're going to transition over to our testimony time. We've got Marty. Tell us a little bit about Marty before we talk to him. Yeah, Marty is a man that I met in the county where I was pastoring first, our first county. I met Marty. And Marty is all about ministering to the youth. He was a youth leader. He was a great mentor. And it's just one of those things people, the young people are drawn to Marty. And Marty and his wife have shared their own home with youth groups. They had youth groups there for years. And I saw that, Marty, and it was interesting. When I came to town to pastor there, a lot of people began to tell me, you got to meet Marty. You got to meet Marty. And they were telling Marty, you got to meet Mark. You got to meet Mark. (laughs) So finally, one day we crossed paths, and it's been awesome ever since. And when we got to experience Revive together, It could be months before I see or talk to Marty, and when we see each other again, bam, we're right in the same vein. So Marty McCabe is with us on the phone, and today, Marty, we're going to speak about a topic that I have experienced you exhibiting the fruit of this, Marty, and how you are influencing the youth, and I'm sure that you have seen the effects of the gospel on families, right? And and how important it is for us as Christians to be not only just a good witness, but to actually be intentional about pouring into these youth. Marty, can you just share with us your heart about the importance of sharing the gospel with your family? Sure. Proverbs 22.6 says it, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's a um, very important scripture to remember. As a parent, we have a lot of influence, more than we realize, on our kids. And you know, they're watching us, they're hearing us, but they're also watching us. And I think people around us are watching us, too. They might hear us, but they also are watching how we act. It's very important that we show Christ in our actions, of course. They are transparent. You know, kids are transparent, and they're, they see realness. They see fakeness, too. Hmm. They, they just know it. And so it's important that we, that we live, as our li- live our lives in a way that would honor Christ, because they see it. You know, we, we, we speak, and that's what's important, but they just see our actions. And when you're raising kids, it's important that, they see Christ's love in us, you know, that they, they feel Christ's love in us. And so, because what we say is, <laughs> is important, but well, our actions are even more important. So I think they see that, and, and that scripture about training a child up is, um, is, is they're just in training every day, and, they see, and they're around us. I saw my dad was very honest in business dealings. He, I went, when I went to the store with him or he went to pay for something, buying a car, my dad was always very honest um, in his dealings. And I, and, I, and I picked that up just watching him. I was amazed that he would never argue about something when it cost this or that. You know, he was just very super honest. 
and I saw that in my dad, and I and I caught that. He taught me that by his actions. So I saw Christ in my dad through his actions in business dealings. And um, I'm hoping my kids have watched me, and I hope they've seen a good example, you know, of how I would treat people in business dealings, of course, and also how we treat our spouses. That things I read as the kids in the youth group, they're watching a lot of things, but they're also watching how I treat my wife. Isn't that amazing? You think, well, that, but that's important to them. They're watching how I would treat Connie, you know, with respect, and they're when we're around together with the youth when we're on a trip or a youth group. So they're watching us, and so it's very it's a very important time in their life too. There's a lot of influences for kids. They're getting directions to go this way with their life or to go that way, you know, and I know that God's way, of course, is way better than the, than the devil's way. He's just going to get us in trouble, but God's way will lead us in the right path. So let me ask you, if you're talking with your youth one day mm-hmm. and now these kids mm-hmm. are, are on fire, they're, they're following the Lord. And mm-hmm. now you're saying, okay, we want you to go and witness to your mother, father, sister, brother, aunt and uncle, maybe mm-hmm. your grandparents. What are you going to tell them about how to witness to their family? Well, one thing I would say is just to say what faith has done in their life, that personal testimony to their parents. Say, I've accepted Jesus in my heart and I feel called here and I want, I want to do things better. It's made a difference in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention better in school. I'm more respectful. And I think if the child also it treats their parents with res- more respect, what a way for them to say, hey, this is, re- this is real. My son or daughter is taking out the trash. They're, they're not talking back to me. They're being more respectful. Can you imagine a parent seeing that in their child? They say, wow, what? God has really made a difference in my child. I think they just tell them what difference that God's made in their life and seeing their actions, how they would be treating their parents differently or being more responsible with, with, with their things. Because if they would say, hey, I'm, I've accepted Jesus, but they're still in all the bad habits, so the parent doesn't see the difference. So it would be like worthless words. But I think if the child shows them the difference it's made in their life, I think a parent would take notice and people around them would take notice. Yeah, Marty, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about all the youth that you have seen come across, you know, your path, (laughs) you and Connie's path. And have you seen instances where other, other than the the mom and the dad, but other extended family members Mm -hmm. have made a difference Mm -hmm. in these kids that you've met? Yeah. Well, certainly, certainly it's connected that the the way they would hold, they would act, and they would um, treat the family members, and and just with their lifestyle, you know, they're going to see a lifestyle that's a difference, you know. So their extended families going to see, you know, hey, this is real. This is this is such a made such a difference in your life, and it and I see it. It's real. So they're just being themselves, but they have to be bold enough to say it finally. Yeah, why they are different, you know, that's they have good. to become where they say, I'm different because of this. You yeah. have to just shine, you know, 
Right. So it, it so if a ki- if a youth um, that you come across and they have problems with their parents and their parents aren't necessarily living a godly example to them, but they but maybe they have a grandparent or maybe they have an aunt mm-hmm. or uncle or a sibling even that has mm-hmm. uh, become a Christian. Oh. And what about their mm-hmm. influence on that child? Have you heard instances like mm-hmm. that where hey, listen, mom and dad don't really believe, but man, you know, grandma poured into me. And and those sorts of things, Marty. Have you seen that influence working mm-hmm. in any of the youth you worked with? Sure. Yes, for sure. And the, the grandma, the grandpa, you know, they might have, they have the patience and the kindness and things, and then they might be the one reading them the stories and showing them a godly way, and where maybe the parents isn't isn't there. Oh yeah, I I, don't want, I wouldn't say names, but I I can think of a lot of people where grandma. And grandpa have been a great influence, you know, that in their life and the parent maybe not not doing right not being right there. So yeah, just they remember grandma. My my mom, she has like like twelve grandchildren and a bunch of great grandchildren. They would all point to mom as a godly figure in their life. I'm sure of it. My they would say, Yeah, grandma took the time to read to us when we were over there and so they all know what grandma's faith is. And I think that's important. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Marty, do you do you have a story of how you how you are a witness to your family? Like do you have a a story about that, Marty? Like how you try to live that and and uh, share the gospel with your family members? And do you have those family members that are, you know, the crazy ones? You know, we all have those crazy ones. <laughs> and how do you deal with them? That's a lot. It's a of course, we're not any of us perfect, and we probably, if we could rewind a few things, we might do that, but we want to see that we're real. Like I said, with business and, you know, how you deal with people, they're they're just watching us, and they're just, they're taking on what we do. And my, what was so fun, when our daughter lived at home, she she's married now, lives in California with, with her husband that's in the service, but when she was about 24, Four, she came home for a, a little bit, and then she met her husband right after that. But she's helped us with the youth group, and I can say that was the funnest time for me with my daughter. Her helping us with um, the youth group, and she went on a Christmas walk when she was a teenager, and a mass walk when she was a little older. So we we would encourage our kids to go on some retreats, you know, those kind of things, and be involved in and things that were good for him. We we just kind of encourage them to do some of those things to help them focus on Christ. Our youngest son, he's he's a worship leader at a at a church of the brethren in Pittsburgh. And he's um he just the love of music since we're involved in Christian concerts, always doing coffee houses and concerts. Noah's been exposed as a as a small child to uh, Christian music and and going to church, and he's always got it. You know, he's he's been easy. Noah has always uh, loved the Lord and understood it. Um, and and our kids are in a different place in their faith. So, you know, we we can't control that so much, but we can sure we can sure put it out there. And but I just feel like showing them our love for the Lord and how we uh, treat other people and how we treat them is probably. Uh, the biggest influence we can have. So I have one final question for you, Marty. 
what are the biggest challenges for any of us, not just the youth, but any of us to be witnessing to people in our extended family? What do you think are some of our biggest, I don't know, what comes up against us the most? Well, we're not all in the same place, of course. And it's maybe we feel like it's hard to, because we don't want to hurt their feelings or get it where they don't want to be around us. It kind of We don't want them to avoid us if we're, if they're not ready, you know, so that might be a little bit of a fear. We'll, we go to Guatemala with our church and witness, and it's so easy for some reason to witness there. But I like Revive. I'll go to in the county. I'm not afraid to witness, but for some reason, for most people, it's easier to witness to Guatemalan people than it is right here in the U.S. Yeah, people. I mean, amen. Going I, to your family is the hardest thing, I think. Because you don't want to, uh, you don't want them to cause them to say, well, it's, it's Marty, he's going to try to get me to go to church, and I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm going to avoid them. He's calling, I don't want to answer it, so we're busy. Yeah, but they know, can't get rid of you, your family, yeah. so, you know, what is there to fear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're more cautious um, how we approach family. Yeah, amen. Um, a little bit. That's true. Inhibit you a little bit, the fear of losing them as I mean, just losing the relationship maybe with them. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's good. And that's exactly why we're talking about this today, Marty, because it probably is the hardest thing, right? And to share the gospel mm-hmm. with our family uh, for those, mm-hmm. those uh, maybe extended family uh, that don't know the Lord, maybe even, you know, because it could be cousins or uncles or something like that. And, and maybe they weren't raised specifically in your same household. So maybe they didn't mm-hmm. get you know, all of that, uh, been taken to church or taught about the Lord or anything like that. And so how can Mm -hmm. we influence them? And that's really what we're trying to unpack uh, in a practical way. How can we still continue to be a witness to them and share the gospel with them? And I think you answered it well, Marty, by saying that it's by your lifestyle, like let your, in the scripture, Matthew 5 says, let your light so shine before men Mm -hmm. that they'll see your good works Mm -hmm. and they'll glorify your father in heaven. And so to me, that's what I hear you saying, Marty. It's like, not necessarily uh, that you're preaching every day, Adam, to infringe on that relationship uh, too far, but yet to let your light shine and continue to walk it out. And that's what I heard you say today, Marty. Is that fair? Uh, is that a fair yeah, summary fair. of that? It, it, it is fair. And I think the consistency of your lifestyle and consistency in the way you would talk to them would be very important say a parent saying, well, we'll go to church. Then we're not excited about going to church. Then they're okay. Kids, we're going to go to church. Then they're not excited about it. They're not going to church. Well, that makes it, that sends mixed messages also to family members. So I'm, I do remember a cousin saying there, one cousin saying their mom was inconsistent with that and it, and it may have affected them. So being very consistent, I think is, is important with, with them. And we have a, I have an aunt that's a hundred years old. And she's a she's a family leader, and her name's Virginia Odell. She just turned a hundred. She's still driving, still lives on her own. And our in the whole family, there's probably 100, 150 family members that look to her as respect. And she's got this wonderful, authentic faith. And I think anybody, any of the kids, grandkids, nephew could go to her house anytime and feel comfortable, and just feel the love of God in her house. When, she, when you're around her. And that's, to me, very important. And you see, that's the light. That's the way. Because look how, look how Virginia is. 
and it's neat, you know. And I think my mom's that way too, and my dad's that way. You can go in their homes, and you'll you'll feel the love of Christ. So we hope that that's what that's what we hope for, that they they just feel it when they're around us, and they'll be drawn to that. Of course, the world's nasty and mean. They normally, I think, people would, would be drawn to kindness and the light, you know, and away from that darkness. Yeah, drop the mic on that, Marty. You you said it so well. And, of course, personal testimony is always the most important and the most impactful. But you're right, Marty. And then I loved what you said, just tying it back to something you said a minute ago. And that was, and then at some point, uh, being ready to actually give the reason for the hope that you have. And, of course, that's what the Scripture says. We should always be ready to give the reason for the hope. Because as we're surrounded by coworkers and family, those people that we're surrounded by a lot, uh, when troubled times come, that's when they maybe start to reach out for the first time uh, because they've mm-hmm. seen your light shine. And so mm-hmm. that's many times mm-hmm. it could be uh, an extended family member and they've seen mm-hmm. the light of Christ in you. Maybe they don't understand it, but when troubled times come, that's when they'll reach out to you. So I think you said it so well, mm-hmm. Marty. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for your time and for joining us on the program today. And, uh, man, I hope you are encouraged, uh, as I was, hearing Marty's story and, and how he just perseveres and lives it out. This is Mark Burden. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.